lighter. I'd light these candles, but it's out in the other room. <clears throat> Sparkling punch. Wow. It's not that great of a smell, but the ambiance is quite nice. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I was expecting. This one's a bit better, the pomegranate pine, but it's also almost burnt out. Ooh, that one's nice. Yeah. And I have no idea what this one is. Oh, it's like a... First glance, it looks like a grease jar. Ooh. I, don't, I, I bought this That's at like a... Fall. Yeah, I bought it at a, actually a garage sale. Someone made a bunch of them and was selling yeah. them. Yeah. Quite nice. Okay. <laughs> Leave this all in there. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> hey guys, long time no cast. Yeah. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Nextflix. So it's been a long time. It has. Uh, When's the last time we posted on this? Oh gosh, let me look that up. I. I it's been a minute. I can um, pull up our posting. I believe, well it's been even longer for you because I've done like two episodes without you. Right. I did one with Isaiah, and then one by myself. You know what? We, right right before quarantine started, we were going to do an episode on Frozen 2. Yep. And yes. halfway through, I had to stop, because, like, my daughter was sick or something. Yeah. And I don't think we ever finished that episode, nor are we ever going to. Yep. Well, because we were trying to figure out a way for it to be, like, justified as a movie. Yeah, because we <laughs> didn't like it. But you did like it, though, after you watched so, it. So, that's the thing. I At the time, I enjoyed it. Um, more recently, I, I'm not as much of a fan. <laughs> um, after the 78th time, it's yeah. kind of wearing off. Oh, man. It's been... You have not been an episode since last February. Wow. Yeah. It's been 20 months since you were an episode. That's insane. I did, too. So, I did a, a bonus ranking of the MCU. Yep. Last... April. Yep. Then in May, Isaiah and I did Face Off, which yeah. that was a trip. Well, <laughs> that was And a then trip. Sean and I casted a Percy Jackson movie. All right. So, I feel like before we should start, yeah. a lot's changed in our lives in 20 months. Yeah. In the world. Yeah. We both have sons now. We do. Yeah. We both. I have my first kid. Brayden has his second. Yeah. And they are adorable and the best kids ever. Yeah. They're in the other room right now, uh, refusing to nap. Yeah, that's seriously it. Shout out to our wives who are being absolute saints. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I I was with, even this morning, helping Holland get ready. I'm like, how do you do this every morning? Mm -hmm. I'm like, what on earth? <laughs> You're a superhero. Oh, man. And you moved You moved back to town. Yep, so we are in the same room. Yeah, now, finally. That, this hasn't been When was the years. last time we recorded an episode in the same room? It was... Long. It was uh i believe it was aladdin, it was aladdin. two years ago two yeah. and a half years ago it was the last time we recorded an episode in the same room yeah so we're back yeah back um, in the same room it's exciting feels right man back so in indiana this is sort of a season four to uh in honor of the season three that didn't happen yep so the season <laughs> three honor. was one episode and two bonus episodes and you weren't in it at all i feel like we're the dc universe you know we're just kind of <laughs> like always rebooting exactly let's try it again Nice. Okay, so this time, uh, my background is that my mother died. Oh, okay. <laughs> but not my dad. He's in jail. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. Okay, Barry. <laughs> so, we are in uh, season four. Yep. In honor of Halloween today. Well, tomorrow when we're recording. Today yep. when I will hopefully upload this. Yep. So, when you're hearing this, it's probably Halloween. <clears throat> or just after. Uh, happy Halloween. I hope you all survived. We are going, I hope none of you have had terrible makeup mishaps. You ever seen someone like the day after Halloween, Make you see them in public and they're like half of their makeup songs like, ah, oh, you use the wrong stuff, it's not coming off, isn't it? Yep. I used to work with someone who would do yep. like really hard on, on Halloween, come in the next day and just be like, you can still see the eyeliner and stuff. It's like, that's why you're not supposed to use Sharpie, dude. No. <laughs> that's the guyliner, man. Yeah. So we are going to do a, a brief season four from now till Christmas. We're going to watch all eight Harry Potter films. Yep. Uh, in the main Harry Potter franchise, not going to do Fantastic Beast. Might hit that next year before the new movie comes out. And then wrap up the year with like some sort of Christmas special. We're still talking about that. Christmas Potter. No, I'm just kidding. Christmas Potter. The, Christmas man, Potter. if only there was a Harry Potter, like a, like the Star Wars Christmas special. If there's a Harry Potter great. Christmas special. The Star Wars Christmas special. Like the Family Guy special? No, there Is was that... a Star Wars Christmas movie. Like that Get all, yeah, made back in the 80s. It was like between, what? between five and six. They did a Christmas movie. That's actually where Boba Fett is first introduced. It Get, is bad. I, Don't watch it. I would guess so. Is it directed <laughs> by the same... Yeah. yeah George they Lucas... must have, like, hit it. Oh, they have. <laughs> I think Mark Hamill is desperate for no one to see this. 
Oh, well, I think we have our Christmas special. <laughs> if I can find it, we'll do it. Live react as we watch it together. I, I love it. So today so, we're doing the first Harry Potter. Yeah, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, if you're American, or Philosopher's Stone, if you're English. <laughs> I actually have an English version of the book there. My oh, uncle really? sent that to me. It's right here. Get out of here. I didn't know it was different per country. Yeah, for some reason, that's the only, just that word and like some of the spelling is different and that's it. Is and, Philosopher like a wizard in England then? Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. I feel like it comes from the same word of like the um, I had no alchemist. Idea. Okay. I think it's like supposed to be a similar thing. Because I think of philosophers, I think of like Plato. Yeah. Like... I, and I don't know why in English they're magical. Maybe Merlin? Wow. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, and the, it's called the Philosopher's Stone if you're English. I'm not. Nope. My grandma is. But yeah. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> we were both born here. Um, How did I not know that? Man. That is weird that you didn't know that. Braden's a king of awesome facts. I know so much about Harry Potter. I'm going to I'm going to say right now, I'm going to try not to spend this whole episode talking about the books. Okay. And actually talk about the movies. Well, the good thing is, I just... we So, we just read the first book to Holland. Oh, nice. And, Have you ever read the books before? Um, No. Not before okay. we read it to Holland. This I'm excited about, because I really want to know... My perspective of like yes. not being a super nerd. Well, because I don't know what the movies are like if you haven't read the books. The first one is okay. the only movie I ever watched before reading the book. And then I read okay. the book right afterward. Okay. And I, as we get to the later movies, there are some moments that I think don't work if you don't have some of the background from the books that they do not explain in the movies. Yep. So I'm excited to talk to you about that. Okay. Half-Blood Prince, here we come. I'm I'm bringing it on. (laughs) So, but today we're going to talk about Sorcerer's Stone. Yep. Released in 1997, directed by, no, 2001. The book was released in 1997. Yep. Uh, Released in 2001, directed by Christopher Columbus, who made Home Alone. Not to be confused. You're kidding. No. Same guy directed both of those. He also that directed... That is why. Yeah. The entire time, I'm like, yep. this feels like Home Alone. Because it's the same guy. I'm not... I kid you not. When I was watching when I was watching it this week, I was like, it just to refresh again, I was like, this feels like Home Alone. Even the music. Even though it's yeah. like different, but it... Okay. Thank I you. I know. It's so good, right? This is... What on earth? So Christopher Columbus directed the first two movies and then yeah. bowed out for the third one. Okay. Because he was apparently missing his family. Um, and I, I really don't love when he leaves because Mm. I think he was able to capture a more magical world that Mm. we miss for the rest of the series. Mm. Like the first two films feel the most magical to me. Okay. Yeah. And it's just like Home Alone. It's like, that feels very magical as well in a way. Oh, hundred percent. Also, he is very good at capturing, like getting you as an audience to understand how these experiences feel from the eyes of a child. So was he like a big director after home alone like really in demand is that kind of how that i happened? think so okay because he also well he also directed mrs doubtfire oh, and like two okay. others and he wrote in a couple of other really big ones as well yeah he was really big right in there right around the 2000s okay i have no idea what he's been doing recently discovering america probably yeah <laughs> i'm sorry it had to be said you said it with a straight face and that's what makes me so mad <laughs> You said it very seriously. Discovered. And also, you've been sitting on that for a while. Because I interrupted you saying that two minutes ago. And I was really hoping you would just drop it. <laughs> no. You know I can't let that go. <laughs> okay, so it was directed by him. Yep. I really appreciate you saying that. Because I was watching it the entire time thinking, this feels like Home Alone. Oh, yeah. In the be- especially in the beginning with like the music <laughs> and all that. Oh, the music is fantastic. John Williams. the first. I think he did the first three movies. So I don't know what it is about movies in general before like maybe 2005. Their scores were like so much more iconic. I think there was more. Well, not, yeah. Not by and large, but like main. Like I think the mid 2000s is when the trend started of like not unique scores, but using a lot of pre-established music. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't point to a film that really started that. I feel like Iron Man was a big one in the early ones. Iron Man definitely was. Marvel had a big impact on that. They did. Sure. Which, I mean, like, if that's the film you're making, great. Because yep. it works really well for Iron Man if we're going to the galaxy. Because oh, the music yeah. is part of the story. 100%. But you wouldn't want, like, pop songs in Harry Potter. No. That would oh, not no. work. It wouldn't work at all. And so, like, I think that's actually one of the best things about this movie. Yes. Is just the score overall. It's unique. It reminds me, like... I would and try because it's John Williams, right? It yeah. goes into the league of he's he's great at what he does, but like, it just has its own tone, its own thing, like Lord of the Rings did. 
Star Wars, Indiana Jones, dress like just really unique scores. So I love that each movie has its own kind of unique feel to the music that kind of yeah. perfectly sets up the theme of the film. Like it, the first one, it's a very kind of bouncy and quick and gets you that yeah. excited, that almost too. overwhelmingly excited, like yep. how Harry would feel entering the Wizarding World at first. Oh, yeah. So kind of right off the bat when we get into it. So I did, I watched, so having read, watched yeah. the first movie, um, the thing that gets me, and my wife and I were just talking about this, by the way, she's like, my wife says major <laughs> nerd, so she's like, she's like, I'm kind of insulted I'm not in on that. But, my sister is too. They yeah, should do their own episode where they, they talk should. about these. They should do like a takeover. <laughs> but anyways, the first like 10 minutes of the movie... There's a lot in there. Yes. And it's it's almost like I, I, I'm i interested in what you said because I kind of felt at the beginning like, wow, this is really like, until they honestly get to uh, Hogwarts, it feels so quick. Like, it, it so does. much. Yeah, and I think that that does help to really put you in the mindset of Harry who, his whole life changes immediately. Yeah. Like, he goes from normal suburban life, abused child, sadly, to right. suddenly, he's in this wizarding world. A whole new world, a whole new yeah. people he didn't know about. Powers, yep. different things that he thought were fake. Yep. And, like, so it would seem very quick and overwhelming and, like, all too much. Yeah, it it felt very... Honestly, and maybe this was intentional. Maybe you think this was intentional. It felt like everything wasn't real <laughs> until Hogwarts. I, I can see that. I can see that being intentional. It's like it doesn't really sink in as actually being a thing. Right, because his parents are, like, his abusive parents are so over the top. Yeah. Dudley's so over the top, and it's just, like, um, all of it's so over the top until they kind of, like, transition. You're, like, you're waiting for someone to be, like, ah, I got you, this is a prank. Yeah, yeah, it's just, like, I don't know, <laughs> that might have been, that's probably intentional. I, th- I think so, yeah. So, right away, this is, and I'm not, I said I'm not going to talk about the books too much, but I do want to say, I think these first two movies are a great example of how you take a book and make it a movie. Not by directly translating every word from page to screen, mm. but by really focusing on the themes and ideas. Hmm. And just the beginning of the movie especially. So in the book, it starts with a whole chapter following Uncle Dursley, Uncle Vernon, and his normal day. He goes yep. to work, yep. he gets lunch, he comes home. Normal day for him. And the movie skips that entirely. And what it does, it jumps straight to essentially chapter two where Dumbledore, McGonagall, and Hagrid drop off Harry. Yeah. But they, they're able to set up that this feels very normal, very routine, just yeah. with the long sweeping shot of their yep. neighborhood. Yep. Where everything is like, the, the yards are perfectly cut, all the houses look exactly yep. the same. Very English. Yeah, it feels very English, very proper. Yep. And then you see Dumbledore yep. on the corner, huge flowing robes, <laughs> massive beard. With this lighter looking thing. Yeah, that and he's magically turning off the lights. Yep. Like you you get that theme right away of, oh, this is normal and that is not. Yep. I love yep. how they're able the to cat, capture that. And the cat coming into um oh, it's just cat. perfect. I it, it made me realize like because you don't really get to see her transform. No, you, you kind of don't really see magic until <clears throat> Hagrid shows up at Harry's doorstep. Yeah. Which Yes, you I don't have see some someone do magic. You see, like Dumbledore use the Deluminator, turn off the lights. Hagrid flies in on the motorcycle, yep. but you don't see someone like actually do magic until Harry sees it. Yeah, there's a lot of things in this movie that you, as an audience, don't get to see until Harry does. And I think that's really actually kind of brilliant mm-hmm. um, because the first again, I just keep referring to the first part of this movie is like very '90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. It just feels weird. Like yeah, you watch it and you're like, "Wow, look how far movies have come." <laughs> it is. It has been 20 years. It has. Which, but when they get to the castle, I didn't feel that way. Right. Well, because the castle is almost 500 years too old. Yeah. No, that's fair. It's yes. It, it also <laughs> it feels out of time. Like yeah. it, like it doesn't exist in a time frame. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, how did you feel <clears throat> about um, the setup with? casting when we you know we started to meet his parents we started we met dumbledore we met right this movie has got some amazing casting oh my goodness uh richard harris as dumbledore it it, it is probably the greatest shame of this franchise is that he doesn't get to play dumbledore for all seven movies yep um 
I don't know. Do you know the story about that? Like no, he, unfor- why did, why did they... he unfortunately passed away oh. like the week before Chamber of Secrets came out in theaters. Wow. But even onto onto then when they were starting pre-production for Prisoner of Azkaban, he demanded they not recast him because he said he would be fine and would be back. And then unfortunately passed away. Passed away. Yeah. It is a, it is a... Golly, they've lost a few people then from that movie because Snape. They... Yeah, Alan Rickman passed away uh, a couple years after the last Who, film came I out. I know we're not there yet, but he was... There are... There are some casts in this movie mm-hmm. that I wouldn't change if we even recast them. No, no, I would not. Dumbledore's great. I, Dumbledore's great. McGonagall is just perfect. Oh yeah, best 100%. casting, hundred <laughs> percent. I jumping ahead a little bit. I love when she's you know doing her meeting with the first years. <clears throat> yes, and Neville like, oh my toe, and he runs forward and just looks up at her. That she has shot that imposing shot. Yeah, there. that perfect get back in line, boy. Look, yep. I yep. love it so much. Yep, she's great. And then Hagrid comes in. And Hagrid is my favorite casting in this movie. <laughs> He's my favorite character in the franchise. He's so great. Probably um, not surprising if you look at me that I would like Hagrid. I look a little <laughs> bit like Hagrid. You know how some people resonate with Harry? Yeah. Brandon resonated with Hagrid. <laughs> I'd I say it. it's, when he, it's when he shows up on the doorstep and he knocks the door down and then apologizes. Like, yeah. oh, it's me. I do that all the time. <laughs> I break things. I was like, oh, sorry about that. Sorry. Um, but it, it is a cool way to introduce him with like him flying out on the motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, which becomes important then later, uh, when that's how he and Harry leave in the last yep. movie. Well, it's especially, yes. And, and especially it's great to see how the bond that Hagrid had with Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, even though obviously they weren't close for 11 years after that, but, um, they still had such a bond when he brought him to the doorstep. Oh yeah. I, I imagine that, um. Hagrid kept tracks on him. Like, I know Dumbledore is probably like, you can't go talk to him, but yeah. I would imagine Hagrid kept an eye on him. Yeah, I'm sure. Just from afar. Yep. Uh, Hagrid's real superpower is love. And yeah. It's, it, oh man, I love it. I love Hagrid so much. I just can't get over how much I love Hagrid. Played by John, uh, Jonathan Coltrane. Shout out to, shout out to John. Oh, Robbie Coltrane. Robbie Coltrane. I should probably pull up the cast and just have it on the, <laughs> I, on the I know here. most of it. Yep. Well, hey, we just... You're the one that told me this, that Robin Williams wanted to play Hagrid. Yeah, I think that would have been great. I don't. (laughs) I think he's too funny, as it were. Well, here's what I could... Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) If you heard that in the background, that was a... (laughs) My daughter is very excited to get a play with Luke's son. uh, And my wife keeps trying to (laughs) shush her. Um, Harry Potter. Because Hagrid is a funny character, but his his humor almost comes more from the juxtaposition of like him versus everyone else around him. Here's the thing: I I would I couldn't seeing the performance though that yeah that Jonathan is that who Robbie Coltrane that Robbie did yeah I couldn't I couldn't see oh no Robin in it no after comparing that um I just couldn't see it. You know who I could see Robin Williams playing is Lockhart. In Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. I could see that. <laughs> that would actually be kind of funny. A lot of fun. Man, there's a lot of people who tried out for Lockhart. Like, Bill Nye wanted to play Lockhart. The science guy? No, the... Bill Nye. Sorry, I mispronounced oh, his name. Oh, okay. I was like, what? <laughs> the one who later played Scrimgeour in the film. Okay, okay. I was um, going to say, like, <laughs> Bill Nye the science guy. Yeah. So we get to see the opening scene. Yep, Robbie Coltrane. There he is. Yep. Uh, just that intense looks like a, a, a mastiff face it's it's amazing that stare how does he look That's so great. grumpy in that picture but he's so so jovial in the films he he really wasn't perfect i, I kind of recant my statement about robin playing hagrid by the way looking at this cast list that's mrs weasley she looks so weird not in the red hair she does Julie it's so Walters. weird sometimes you see some of the weasleys not in the red hair because like a couple of them are actual gingers like rupert grint really does have the yep. red hair there he is uh and so to see them not in red hair, like when I, I watched the movie recently, I can't remember what it was, but it's it's got one of the Weasley twins in it. I just call them the Weasley twins because that's who they are. Yep. But they didn't have he didn't have he had his natural brown hair, and it's like that that doesn't look right. That's not correct. Go go back to your red hair, sir. So jumping in, let's let's talk about Uncle Vernon. Yeah. So yeah, we get we get through the introduction, we get yeah. the awesome opening score. Do 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 yeah. do do uh it's stuck Great. in my head. Very and, home alone meets yes. magic. It, yeah, it really is. Think about the score. It really is. <laughs> Think about how it compares. Did he just reuse his score from Home Alone? <laughs> it felt like it. He just gave that CD to uh, yep to, to John Williams. Be like, just make this for me. 
And then we, we come... We, I like the way that, like, it's from Baby Harry, you see the scar on his head, it kind of zooms out to the opening title, and zooms back into now 11-year-old Harry, yep. and the shot of the scar on his head. And so, I like that they were... I think they were actually 11 when they cast him, right? He was, yeah. Yeah, so it was actually age-appropriate when they started. Oh, yeah. Mo- almost everyone was. Which was, a ver- which was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's like he was 11, Rupert Grint was 12, and Emma Watson was like 10, about to become 11. Yeah. So they were they were right on that perfect mark. Yep. Um, so what did you think about the parents casting? Yeah, we want to talk about this, because you don't love the aunt and uncle as much as I do. I d- do you love them? I... I think Vernon Dursley is perfect. Okay. I think it's the right kind of... The, the sense I get from him is he wants a normal life, and this is disrupting mm. his normal life, yep. and he doesn't like it. Yep. Okay. That's I what I get that. from him. The the ants... I think the problem with the ant is they just never spend too much time with her. Yeah. I, I didn't have any issues <clears throat> with the ants. Yeah. You don't um, like the uncle. Yeah. What's wrong with him? I just... Just don't like him. He's also I don't know. he's also passed away, by the way, recently. Has he? Yeah. Oh. Richard Griffiths? Yeah. Thanks, Richard. I'm sorry. Thank man. you, Richard. Did I say he wrote? Oh, I thought that said he was a writer in Marley actor and Actor uh, act no, actor and Yeah. Alright. Anyways, I I don't know. I think it, it was just but it's in the book it is a weird character. It is. It, it's it's meant to be the most unmagical you can be as a person. Yeah, it's definitely I think how you said it maybe actually connects it more he just doesn't want his life disturbed yeah by harry and what's going on here yeah i I guess when i saw it cold turkey i was like what the crap is this (laughs) like what is this guy and but that's kind of how i felt about the whole the whole beginning part of it though Mm -hmm. and i don't know reflecting after seeing all of it though and seeing it all again i was like well maybe that's okay i just i'm not heads over heels with that guy with the the way that that's portrayed maybe and i think you're I think that also works, though, because those three are supposed to feel very out of place in this world. They definitely do. Yeah. I yeah. think I think they managed to hit that pretty well, where, like... Hmm. the Interesting. You think that's intentional? I think so. The Dursleys are supposed wow. to feel awkward and, and, like... Interesting. Yeah. They're supposed to feel like they shouldn't be in this movie, because that's what those characters are. They shouldn't be in this world with Harry. It's almost like you can't okay. believe... That Vernon Dursley and Hagrid can live on the same planet. Okay. Well, I'm sold. Yeah. It's That's a of, good point. It is one of the worst things they leave out in the films is when Dumbledore's talking to the Dursleys in yep. Half-Blood Prince. I really wanted to see that scene. Because yeah. it would have been very funny to see Vernon Dursley and Dumbledore staring each other down from opposite couches. I love... Um, so, kind of jumping forward to... So the, the opening mm-hmm. uh, is important. There's not a lot of eventful stuff. Obviously, Harry gets a bunch of letters. Yeah, and, and this, this is where you start to get like, oh, something's different. Like yep. He's getting all these letters, and Vernon obviously doesn't want him to have it. Yep. And just more and more keep showing up. And then the, the 40,000 that come through the fireplace or yeah. something like that. And it like rains letters. Man, that was such a cool looking scene. It was. I will say this, and what I like about this whole movie, obviously the CGI isn't... Um, it's not. I mean, it's not today, right? It's twenty years ago. Yeah, but it's still good. Like it, it is, and that's because of the first few movies, especially. They did a lot of focus on practical stuff. Yeah, and it, and it looks great, though. Oh that's yeah, that's what I like. About we'll it. talk about more next week, but the Basilisk in Chamber of Secrets, mm-hmm. yep. that still looks amazing. Oh, it does. Like that is honestly Was still. It a miniature? Fr- no, I think I don't know. I've been trying to look up how they did it. Okay. I'm pretty sure it wasn't a miniature. They may have had, like, a miniature for some of the shots of him going through, like, the pipes and stuff. But I think the one you see him fighting is they built, like, from the head, like, half down the body. Wow. That was uh, animatronic. Oh, cool. The fox was an animatronic. The phoenix. See, in my head, I there's so much more artistry in that. There is. It, like, no, I love, we love Marvel, yeah. right? Like, we lo- we really love Marvel. But there, there definitely is, like, an <clears throat> element of artistry to, um that kind of stuff like building animatronics or like building a miniature or doing those things practically oh yeah um yeah so maybe one's not better than the other but i think it's a little more i think it was like around the the mid-2000s it's like cgi jumped ahead a lot yep and animatronics was a more steady pace and i think i really think now it's getting to a point where they're kind of meeting up again yeah like as far as what you can do and how easy and cheap it is to make it happen I, I would I would um I'd, I'd be interested to see if they try to do that kind of stuff nowadays 
both either CGI or animatronic, how it would look. And I think that's how this movie felt so practical from the kids' actors, because they're young. They're 10, 11, 12. Oh, yeah. And the fact that it was so practical mm-hmm. is probably why their performances were so good. 100%. Yeah. Because, like, getting a kid, um, you kind of see it um, a little bit in Hugo, but, like, uh, getting a kid in front of a green screen, that kid mm-hmm. has to be very dialed in to, yeah, to that, deliver a plot. That kid's got to know what he's doing, and you, as a, as a director or creator, have to be able to... <laughs> Yeah, really help them understand what's going on. Yeah, and I mean that's hard for an adult, let alone a kid. Oh so, yeah, and yet let alone this movie where there's 50, 60 <laughs> kids. You know, like, um, and that's not knocking Hugo. That guy did a great job, like great movie. But who made Hugo? Um, was it Martin Scorsese? Might have been. I don't remember. Didn't we do that one? No, we haven't talked about that one. We should. Maybe it was on a list we talked about. Yeah, we you had it on your short list. Yeah. For a while. Okay. Anyways. I don't mind doing that. Anyways, so these movies just look great to me. So, but the letters, everything shooting around them, I'd actually love to see behind the scenes. I wonder how much of that they they did. I'm sure they. Oh, it's all practical. That's great. They so, had like, because I, I have seen this behind the scene. It was like a big one of the big like industrial fans. Yeah. And they were someone was dropping letters in front of it. No. Nice. It was flying out toward. That would have been fun. Ah, uh, but it's also paper. I wonder how many paper cuts there were that day. A lot. That's... Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. The envelopes, they probably were coated in wax or something. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't as dangerous as it sounded. Yeah. This is one of the scenes where you can see... Um, I love pointing this out. Because what they did, they had to do some ADR for some shots. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And of course, at, because Daniel Radcliffe was 11, he was like going through puberty doing yep. the shots. And this is one of the lines where you hear an ADR voice of him. And it's definitely filmed after his voice drops a little bit because like his voice is kind of high pitch but then it's when when vernon dursley is like trying to tackle him and get the letter from yeah. him his voice is something like an octave and a half low it's like oh that was recorded like two years later wasn't it yeah brought it back oh yeah dude there's so many things like that with working with kid actors mm-hmm. you have such a narrow window like i'm curious what the next stranger things is going to be like especially after oh, yeah. we postponed production for two years like oh i didn't even think about that all these yeah. kids are gonna be like it, it does help that most of them were already in their mid-teens. It does, but man, it's still going to be like, oh. Oh, yeah, because like, what, is Finn Wolfhard like six inches taller than the last? Yeah, yeah it's insane. It is, it is weird. So, anyways, that scene was great, though. Yeah. Um, Harry finally, um, through that, well, not through that, sorry, they go to a, a random island in the middle of the ocean. And this is another instance of they shortened a book scene. But you still get the feel. Yeah. In the book, they go to like four or five different places. And then they end up on this weird little island in the yeah. middle of the ocean. But you get from just the shot of the island and the Vernon yelling, we're going away, far away. You get the idea of they're running away from this. Yep, You don't totally. need everything else. Yeah, you don't need every scene. And you see that later in the movie too, especially in the um, uh, in the chamber or whatever under the... We'll get there. Yeah. Where the stone is. But anyways, they shorten a lot of stuff in there too. They do. They but, do. But um, anyways, so they're on the island. Hagrid comes, which is just a great, perfect scene. I mean, wait, you're skipping one of my favorite shots. What's that? Such a sad shot. Oh, his when he is, Yes, he's on the floor. I love just even, he's on the floor. Yep. Nothing. No pillows, no blankets. Yeah. And Dudley is on the couch. He's got like a huge blanket, yeah. pillows. He's like all comfy. And Harry, in the dust on the floor, which yeah, is so gross, is. draws himself a birthday cake yeah. and blows out the candles, quote-unquote. Yeah. And then, yeah, Haggard pounds on the door. That was a really sad scene. It's so sad. But it's almost like, it's almost then touching of, like, he makes his wish and then immediately Haggard shows up. That's Makes you wonder if Haggard was waiting until his 11th birthday to walk in. Maybe. Like, was Haggard just standing on the dock like, oh, got an hour and a half left. Has let me just take it. Yeah. I brought my big book with me. <laughs> yeah. How many pockets does he have on that coat? Because he, he keeps pulling lot. things out of that well, coat. He's, he's eight foot tall, so he can eight at least six? Eight, so he could have many pockets That's on true. his coat. <laughs> oh man! So he he knocks down the door. He looks menacing. He's yep. massive. Yep. And then just oh sorry, and he picks the door right Which back. I up. love it. First everyone's terrified, and then he's like, "Sorry about that." Very like, English response. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, governor. Oh, and then you you just. You get immediately, like, he, he walks up to Dursley and bends the shotgun with yeah. one hand. Yep, so you're instantly like, this dude's strong. Yeah. I, I always love later in the books where, like, everyone will be using magic and fighting and stuff, and Haggard's just punching people. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Haggard is a wizard. He has yep. all the same powers as anyone else. Well, Haggard, 
it's it's really important. It's not mentioned in this book or yeah. in in this, but he has this umbra- pink umbrella that's his wand. <laughs> yeah, because he they find mm. out the next one he got kicked out of school. His yep. wand was broken. He stole the broken pieces back and yep. made it into an umbrella yep. that he can kind of do magic with, which he wouldn't have been able to do without Albus. Yes, Dumbledore um, vouches for him. He they're they Dumbledore is like his go to guy. Yeah, he they're he trusts him. He, he even says in the beginning, "I trust him with my life." Oh, he threatens he threatens Dursley. It's like never insult Albus Dumbledore in front of me. Yeah, it's that line is also good. Yeah, because it's like he's very menacing there. I, I also want once we're done, <clears throat> yeah, with like once we're wrapped up at the end here, I'm going to ask you your favorite from this book only, this movie only, your favorite Dumbledore quote. Ooh, I will start thinking. Okay, <laughs> I just want to have that in your back. Dumbledore quote my... specifically. That is going to be hard because my... he has. The best quotes. He does. Richard Harris really nailed the character. He did. Uh, we'll talk about Michael Gambon when we get to Prisoner of Azkaban, yep. but right away, that man had big shoes to fill. It, yeah, he really was. And I, and I appreciate they didn't do like an Ian McKellen or something like that mm-hmm. in this role. I think while he... He was offered the role, by the way, before he, Richard Harris. Was he? Yeah, he turned it down. I mean, I believe that. Um, and it would have been, probably would have been okay, but I think just Richard Harris just, just mm-hmm. nailed it. He was perfect. Just I, nailed it. I can't really think of anyone else I think would do a perfect Dumbledore like Richard Harris did. It's like, obviously, Ian would have like the wizard side down, but like, Dumbledore has... Well, that's why he turned it down, because he was already playing Gandalf, Yeah, he thought it would be weird to play two really old magic yeah. wizards. <laughs> really old, really powerful, yeah. like, magical wizards. Yeah. And, I don't know, Dumbledore has like this professor, like, gentleness, like, you can clearly tell he has a lot of power. But he's very uh, gentle. Yeah. He's also not phased by anything. Yeah. You get the sense of like, oh, I've seen worse. Whatever happens. Which he has. Yeah, totally. Which we're finding out. Uh, uh, Also, shout out to Jude Law, who is playing a very good Dumbledore. Yeah. I kind of didn't think he would, but he is so good as Dumbledore. I was skeptical at first, but Mm -hmm. he's he's done a great job. He he is great. Um, I will always, though, be a little upset that they didn't cast Jared Harris, Richard Harris's son, who looks just like Richard Harris. (laughs) That would have been great. Is he an actor? Yeah, he was, okay. he's the bad guy in the um, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Sorry, uh, the lights <laughs> just turned off in our room. Um, our lights are on a uh, smart plug, and I think oh, Jessica just turned them off the for some sun. reason. Sorry. Okay. Oh, he did. He played him in the... Yeah, he's, okay. he's the bad guy. He is Moriarty in the Robert Downey Jr. films. Okay. Imagine him as Dumbledore. He was great. He was good in that. Oh, I can see it. Yeah. But Jude Law is doing a great job. Yeah, he is. So what is... um, Okay, so I wanted to say that about uh, the Pink Umbrella, because first off, it's awesome that it's pink. But it's more more great, because I think that that relationship between um, Dumbledore and Hagrid is really important. Um, It's important because it also helps to set up Harry's trust of Dumbledore. Yep. It's like, because Hagrid trusts him, and because Hagrid is willing to do whatever for him... Harry's gonna trust him, yeah, which becomes very important later on. So my my only th- issue with this scene, yeah. in the island, we'll call it the island, whatever, <laughs> the house on the rock, the house on the rock. Yeah. I think that's actually the name of the chapter is it really? in the book, house, house on, on the, the rock. rock. Yeah. So my only issue is, um, I I agree with like how they got there was fine. They skipped over a lot of the book, but mm-hmm. I was like, I was a little bit bummed after reading the book to see how much more Haggard kind of like in the movie Haggard kind of expected them. Yeah. To not have told Harry anything. But in the book, he's like infuriated more so. Yeah. And I kind of like the book version a little bit better because he stands up. It's like a little more standing up for Harry, which I like. I like the underdog. I, everyone likes the underdog story, right? But like, <laughs> but like, I kind of like that because he's like the defender kind of thing. Yeah. You do. You get a couple of little lines in the book, in the movie of like, uh, yeah. I'm sure you know all about that. It's like, you don't know about Hogwarts? And yeah, you're right, though. He does kind of feel like. He does kind of seem like he's not surprised Harry doesn't know. Yeah, like Which, he, again, if he's been keeping track on the dirt, He would know. Yeah. But. Yeah, that is something that you you, got, you do get the sense they're trying to get you rushed into the magical world a little bit, so they have to fast forward through that. Which I get. It is a, I mean, and admittedly, even though this is, <clears throat> like, is this the smallest one, actually? It's it is the, the shortest book, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> compared to some of the later books, especially, <laughs> like, it's still a lot to put into a movie. Though. It is. So. It is a lot. Um, Hand me the book. I want to see how many pages it is. Yeah, it's because the movie's just under two hours long, so it's probably every bit of the script is probably every bit of two hundred pages. Two twenty-two. Yeah, two twenty-three. Book yeah. is two hundred twenty-three pages long. So yeah, I mean, just 
just going from book to script, they had to cut out a lot. Yeah, like thirty yeah. pages of stuff. Which that was maybe the only thing I was like, I love maybe just because after reading it, I even felt like when I was watching, I was like, okay, he expected it, whatever. Mm-hmm. But knowing Hagrid, who he is throughout the rest of the movie, he's such a gentle soul, especially with like the dragon and everything. It, that he gets yeah. <laughs> and like the dragon oh man we'll talk about the dragon and, in a minute and then like i just but i love but he's also like a defender and a fierce kind of guy yeah what so i kind of like that what you're missing without that is understanding the importance of what harry's parents did like mm-hmm. how important it is that Voldemort was stopped yeah and so Hagrid, mm. Hagrid's reaction of like, oh, how do you not know? How is this not a story you were told? Is like, right. you do kind of miss that Voldemort being stopped is one of the most vital moments in, mm-hmm. in wizarding history. And you see that, and you do, to the movie's defense, you do see that when they get, especially even, well, as soon as they get there with the first years. And everyone's yeah. like, Harry Potter, <gasps> you know, all the wizards are like, or all the kids are like, wow, oh my goodness, yeah. you know. And you also get that a little bit with their conversation with Leaky Cauldron. I think yeah. that covers it well enough. You can kind of forgive, yeah. maybe, but I don't know. Hagrid acting yeah. is, is so enjoyable. I just want more Hagrid. I just want more Hagrid. Uh, we need this... a prequel on Hagrid. Oh, so the Fantastic Beasts films. Yeah. Like the third, fourth, and maybe the fifth are going to take place while he's at school. So if he's not in That's the movies, great. it's going to be they a shame. To. Yeah. Someone... What is Newt going to do in these movies? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, man. Just transitioning are you familiar with the youtube channel super carlin brothers yeah yeah okay, I think they have several theories about what's going to happen the rest of the series okay uh, i recommend watching them because they have some about hagrid as well when's the next one coming out it's supposed to be out already i think it's next november you know i can find out covid is kind of yeah covid's kind of ruined a lot of things we need to have a discussion whenever we get to uh talking about the mcu again we should have a discussion on how because i i genuinely think covid may have ruined some some parts of the mcu mm. and i think it's going to long term kind of hurt the storytelling oh april expected in april apparently internals has not gotten the best reviews i saw that um i'm skeptical of it because it looks great but yeah the that's another conversation well, well shang chi we can edit this out shang chi yeah. hasn't either and i think part of that is just like they're about as un-Iron Man as you can get with an Avengers oh, movie, with an MCU film. So people are just yeah. going to hate him. That's a good point. It's like what some people hated Doctor Strange. It's like, it's just a very different mm, movie. That's true. Yeah. I think that's why I still, I still think that's why people hate Thor. Not that <laughs> Thor's... Not that all of them were great movies, but... Yeah. Well, that kidding. first Thor movie, I don't think is nearly as bad as people say. No, it's not. But it's like, oh yeah, but it's definitely not like an Iron Man movie, which is all we had at that point. But the thing is like, Thor was like, Chris... He was like the perfect cast. Oh, one hundred percent. Maybe Chris Hemsworth could be Hagrid. <laughs> All right, let's pick it back up here. Now, right. So we maybe have uh, a question for everyone: Can Chris Hemsworth be Hagrid? <laughs> Chris Hemsworth is Hagrid. Tom Hiddleston is Snape. Yeah. Oh, actually, Tom Hiddleston would be. Ah, but I love, I love who they put in there. But Tom Hiddleston would be a great like backup. He would be. I feel like he could be a good Snape or Voldemort. Ooh, young Snape. Yeah. (laughs) Although I think he's older than Alan Rickman was when he made these films. I don't know about young Snape. This is a. uh, We'll talk about this one, Prisoner of Azkaban. But the age of Snape, Sirius, and Lupin is something to talk about. So, um, so we're finally in. We're finally getting to Hogwarts. Well, no, we get to Diagon Alley, which I think is one of my favorite shots in this movie because this is really where the film flips because. You know, they walk through the bar, uh, Leaky Cauldron. It's kind of dark and a little dusty. And they get to the back alley. And I really want to know, I don't know if you noticed this, but it's like, I feel like even the color saturation has changed when they slide over Leaky Cauldron. Everything seems so much sharper. The colors seem brighter. I don't know if that's an on-set thing or if that was an editing thing, but... It doesn't feel as hazy. Right. And I I love how they do this shot of, like, like, Harry walks in. We kind of follow Harry... And then just slowly expand through all of Diagon Alley. It's like, it's the same thing. Again, we're seeing it from Harry's point of view of like trying to take it all in at once. It's just a lot. It's like Times Square for wizards. It is Times Square for wizards. It's packed. It's, in fact, (laughs) in fact, when I saw it at first, I was like, that's not COVID safe. But, (laughs) (laughs) oh man, there's so many movies looking back. I think I see those many people. I'm like, I kind of get anxious. I'm like, we're not supposed to like, 
we can't this, do that. This is one of the funny things watching Endgame. It's supposed to take place like in 2023. And I was like, man, I wonder if COVID's still going to be a thing there. Because if so, this battle is not COVID safe. <laughs> yeah. There are way too many people way too close together. Goodness. The first time that we're around like a big group of people again, it's going to be weird. It is going to be very... I think... <clears throat> I went to the theater the other day for the first time. Um, and there was... I don't know, maybe twenty people in there total. Yeah. We're all spread out, but I was still like, "This does not feel good." Right. I'm I'm uncomfortable. Right. Also, if you haven't seen Free Guy, do it. It's so good, dude. It's on our next. We're watching it soon. Oh, it's pumped. We're so, gonna talk about that one. Oh yeah. Okay, so um, Diagon Alley. So there's a lot of like rich storytelling. There Diagon is Alley. every every frame is like a pretty picture to like you dissect. Oh yeah, yeah. So I loved. So the first thing, logical question: Where you know how I'm going to pay for anything? Um, you know. Oh yeah, and Harry which, says I don't way, have money. Harry's pretty cool at this point. Like Wait, he's what like, you... sorry. I mean, like he's chill. That's like you know, Harry's kind of cool. Like he's I like, like him. Yeah, we can hang out. Oh, he's chill. That's what sorry. That's what I meant. He's like pretty chill for like you know. Yeah, I I think again up until this moment, I think he was still expecting it to be a joke, and it's when he sees Diagonal, he's like, oh, this is real. Yeah. And you can see that in his face. Daniel Radcliffe does such great face acting. In this he movie. does. He does, especially for being eleven. Man, um, there is a great behind the scenes of him talking to um, the guy who played Sirius Black, Gary Oldman. Yep. And like very seriously asking him questions about actors. Like, oh yeah, you're gonna have a career, and he has. Yeah. He. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Daniel. Um, but yeah, so they go to Gringotts. Uh, so I love the story building here. Yes. Um, it's actually. Of all, if I it's such a weird category to have, if I was to have a favorite building in the in the uh, in the Harry Potter universe, it would be Green Gods. There are so many listicles on the website on the universe or the internet. Yeah, I'm sure there's a top ten buildings in the Dude, Harry Potter universe somewhere. Green Gods is on mine because I love everything about the story building here. So it's mm-hmm. goblins. First off, really fun because they're yeah. not animated. It's not like the Yoda they replaced. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they're not. Like, they're live action. Their prosthetics are so good. Oh, they really are. How this didn't win some sort of award for uh, makeup, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like an like an Oscar for makeup or something. If Suicide Squad won an Oscar for makeup, this should have too. It's kind of a crime that this didn't. Do you think it's because it's not an American film? I feel like the Academy like favors English films, though. That's true. I think it was produced by Warner Brothers, so I guess it was an American movie. Um, yeah. Interesting. But it takes place in London. The Academy uh, loves London. It's fair. They love London. <laughs> Especially if it's wartime. Man, you just make it wartime in London. It's like, I mean, it's let's all go. about the Wizarding War. I mean, so <laughs> why didn't this win an Oscar? <laughs> We're right in the Academy. Um, uh, so I just love the story building here. It's really rich. Um, you learn way more about the Goblins and other books, too. Um, plus, it's Warwick Davis, who I love so much. It's great. Um, so what's, what's fun about this place for me is uh, <laughs> it's such a world... Like, there's this giant, it looks like a mine under it where mm-hmm. all the vaults are. Oh, yeah. They're super, and technically, those vaults are supposed to be impenetrable. In, impenetrable, yeah. Because they're charmed, they're goblinized, <laughs> whatever. Also, there's a dragon down there we find out yeah. later. It's it's supposed to be a really safe place. Yeah. Really safe. Harry breaks into it later, but we don't need to talk about that. No. <laughs> Which kind of falls apart later, but at least I love the storytelling. Yeah. I like how they build it. I like it all. So It, it is such a cool shot. Warwick Davis does a really great job. He's playing Griphook there. Yeah. Uh, who comes back in the last movie and is really fun in the last movie as well. So, a question on this. Yeah. Where do you think Harry's parents got all of their money? Oh, I know this actually. So okay. The, um, Harry is a descendant of some very prominent potion makers. Oh. His grandpa... Got super rich. He was already rich. Got super rich by making uh, Sleek Easy's hair potion. <laughs> hair Not potion. even a joke. Okay. Is it, it like for bald people? No, it is. I think it's a hairspray, basically. <laughs> but a potion is what they call it. Okay. And got super rich off that. Which is then it's very funny that Harry and his dad are notoriously have terrible hair. That's amazing. But then he also has an, another ancestor who made Skelligrow. Which is what he's used in the second film to regrow Harry's bones in his arm. Oh. Yeah. So he's a descendant of very famous potion makers. I was wondering, because like, even when we see in the later... Well, even the second, in yeah. the second where um, we see how poor Ron's family is. Well, not poor, but just like... No, poor. Yeah, they're poor. Yeah. So, sorry, I was trying to make it... Poor government worker. Yeah, you see you see how poor they are. I'm like, where did Harry's family get all this money at? So that makes yeah. sense. Harry's essentially a descendant of like Eli Lilly or something yeah, like that. Yeah, okay. Good for him. Mm-hmm. 
Good for him. It's funny that he's a potion, like he's a potions baron essentially, and he's very yeah, bad at potions. Very bad at. <laughs> Although he gets good when he gets in the sixth one. Snape. When he like, gets a good teacher. Snape's like, what the crap, dude? <laughs> Snape is the worst teacher at Hogwarts. Full stop. <laughs> but in my opinion, Snape is, and this is really jumping ahead. He is the most well developed character. I think so. In this story. Oh yeah. In the movies, as far especially. as like as far as progression from mm-hmm. start to finish, I he's a very well developed character. Uh, oh, this is something cool. So, um, of course, these movies are being made when the books were coming out. Like yep. the first one was being made while the fourth bill was bill, book was oh, coming out. Okay, so no one knew about the whole Snape thing. Well, nice. Snape and so we Lily didn't know where he was going. Yeah, except J.K. Rowling told Alan Rickman what was going to happen so that way he could make character decisions for Snape. Come and on. there were straight up times where he had to tell the director, um, we need to do the scene this way. And I can't tell you why. And J.K. Rowling just had to tell the director, like, trust him. Get out of here. Yeah. Which also, he knew, like, 11 years in advance yeah. what was going to happen oh, in the last goodness. book. It's so good. And that's why, <clears throat> I don't want to jump too ahead, but it's, I can't wait till we get to that one. Because yeah. Snape is just such a good character. He's a great character. Bad guy, good character. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, I, I love the shot, by the way, while we're at Gringotts still, uh, when when Harry sees all the gold, it's like, yeah. this is all yours. He's like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm rich. Yeah. that I feel like that's like winning the lottery. Yeah, it, it really is. It's the <laughs> it's the wizard version of winning yeah. the lottery. Um, I mean, I can figure out what to do with a big pile of gold, I'm sure. I could go find <laughs> someone figured out just by like the size of the pile, like how much money he has, and it's somewhere like two million dollars. Good for in him. that vault. Good for him. And he's eleven. Good for if him. If you had two million dollars when you were eleven, I, I can't would, imagine what I, I wouldn't have, done. have. I wouldn't have two million dollars now. <laughs> is actually the I answer. I would be in the exact same spot. <laughs> yeah, not much would be different actually. Just with some very different <laughs> lifestyle choices. I'd probably drive a cooler car that's yep. about to be impounded. Yep. And have slightly better clothes, and yep. that's it. But man, it would have been fun. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And anyway. then, so we get to Harry in Ollivanders getting his wand. Okay, Ollivanders is my second favorite building. Yes. I love... Okay, first off, Ollivander, yeah. how old do you think he is? So that's a great question. Because the sign on the building says that 352, the... right? BC? 952 BC. Okay. Yeah, they've been building wands for like 3,000 years. His family has, not just Long him. time. We know he is, like, he's got to be over 100. Okay. He's probably older than Dumbledore. Because he was, like, he was saying, I remember everyone that's been sold. Yeah. Um, so when he said that, I'm like, okay, has he been here the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because you do have the, the alchemist. Who, yeah, Nicholas Fumel. <laughs> Ollivander is 3,000 years old. I Theory confirmed. I just was putting it, I was like, how old is this Maybe dude? he's the only other one with the Sorcerer's Stone. He's well, got one in the back. He just doesn't tell anyone. Just chilling back there, hanging out. He's got all sorts of other magical stuff. I'm sure he's got something back there. So how powerful do you think he is? Ollivander? Yeah. That's a great question. It's like Because he makes the he, wands. He makes the wands. That's a good question. Like, what kind of power does that take? Yeah, like, what does that, what does that look mm, like? That's a great... I don't know. Is he going out and harvesting the feathers? And, like, all this... Like, what does that... I want to know more about Ollivander. I do too. I want to know so much. I also want more John Hurt, who I yeah. think has also passed away, sadly. Golly. Well, that's what happens when you cast a bunch of old people in a movie. Know. And it's been 20 years. He was a great cast, too. Though. He was. Um, and then again, for him to come back in the last couple movies. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was really shocking to see. Ollivander's, um, I love, I think the entire movie, though, the set, like the sets are mm-hmm. great. Ollivander's, um, I'd love to see actually the one in Universal, but like, oh, we gotta go to Universal. Oh man, dude, I I love in there. You just, it's like a big bookstore for mm-hmm. wands. Um, it's all disorganized. You know I what's funny? Like... They reused that set in Chamber of Secrets for the bookstore where Literally. they meet Lockhart. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's the same set. Same set, different things. Uh, I, yeah, John Hurt does such a great job. Even just like when he shows up, he like slides in on the ladder. It's like, oh, I was wondering when I'd see you. Yeah, like, I was expecting you. Um, and he's the one that really introduced us to the history of Voldemort. And then yep. Harry asks Hagrid more about it. And that's a great scene. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where, you know, who, yeah. um, his name is first mentioned. Yeah. First and, time we see it. Um, Harry understands more so 
about the curse mm-hmm. um a little not more so but more about it i guess and uh why he was so important hagrid kind of explains it all as like a problem. yeah he learns what happened to his family um learns like the where he came from yep why he's an orphan why he's gonna live with his aunt and uncle um i gotta say probably the best thing they did in this series the the actor and actress who played mr and mrs potter they're in so little of this film yeah. but they they're the same people in every film yep. they just keep bringing them back for yep. like four minutes at a time it's great like seriously yeah and james even looks a lot like him he really does they that do a, a great job of casting yeah that's a great cast oh it's so good um also this is the first person to play Voldemort. there will be five people total to play Voldemort in this series is that intentional that it's different people yeah i kind of think so i well for this it's just that they needed someone to walk around in a rope and not say anything sure that makes sense you don't need the same people yeah but then you know each each different Voldemort. this is each different one is supposed to represent a different time of his life a different kind of character so i guess kind of insofar as like Voldemort is such an unknown character it's like everyone Mm. could build their own version of what Voldemort is like yep what evil he is yep but like the other ones we get like an 11 year old we get two different 16 year old Voldemort's and then we have Ralph Fiennes yep who we are going to gush about when we get there because he is so good (laughs) I feel like we've gushed about a lot of the casting in this movie (laughs) and we're going to continue we're going to continue casting is phenomenal all right so finally, we... we get to the train. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm just dreaming like we don't have kids or, you know, budgets or things like that. <laughs> but I would love to go to the King's Cross station and, yes. and actually see. Because, you know, they, they put it they put up a sign for it mm-hmm. there. Yeah, I would love to go there. That is cool. <laughs> oh, man. That, I even love... One day. The, <laughs> I, I even love just a little joke when he asks the train the, the train station attendant, which platform nine and three quarters? Are you having a laugh? It's like... Did you just walk away from this 11-year-old who's clearly lost? You're a bad employee. <laughs> yeah. They're... The, yeah. The people that aren't wizards in this world... <laughs> they're the worst. They're really terrible. The Dursleys, that train station guy, yeah. Filch. They're yeah. all terrible. It's really not great. Um, and then we meet the Weasleys. Yeah, so I... Which was great, by the way. The Weasleys. I love the casting of the Weasleys. It's fun how... Um, just how they're playing with their mom... Like, oh, the introduction of the Weasley twins! So great. They're they're collectively my second favorite character in this. So, Even just I love how you count them as one collectively. <laughs> right away, uh, go, on you go, Fred. He's not Fred. I am honestly, woman. You call yourself our mother. Perfect line. <laughs> That's such a great line. Uh, you had to get real twins to play those roles. Oh yeah, and they do such a great job. James and Oliver Phelps, uh, so phenomenal in this yeah, series. Yeah, they were. I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Again, just the world building's great. They run into the plane, the train station. Yes. And so, where do you think they're going when they run through the wall? That is something I have pondered with a lot. Okay. Like, is there something there? Is there nothing yeah. there? My thought is... I, I kind of think it's like a, a sub-dimension. That, like, okay. they're in the same spot. Yep. But just out of tune with everything Cause, else because then they get on the train they go to hogwarts yeah and there's definitely things we need to talk about there but obviously we know because of the dark forest there's mm-hmm. unicorns there's yeah. all these different creatures in there um so we know so that's why it makes me think it is like a different is hogwarts in a different dimension yeah is it like is that a portal i i don't know i don't, I don't know because there's other ways to get to hogwarts besides the train station Okay. So I think it's just like the train station is sort of out of phase, and as they leave on the tracks, they kind of hmm. go back into the real world a bit. I hmm. don't know. Interesting. It's also magic, so it could be anything. Yeah, it's they could just be they could be teleported somewhere else entirely. Yeah, that's true. They probably um, didn't give as much thought into it as we did. Probably. <laughs> this is the problem with Harry Potter's. Like, it's been twenty years. Uh, and people are way overthinking everything. Yeah, and that's why the Super Carlin brothers have a J- career. Yeah. J.K. Rowling's like, I, I didn't actually, I just... <laughs> I wrote this for fun. Yeah. Uh, I did I not intend this to be the biggest franchise hey, ever. Right. I, I was, yeah, right. Well done, though. Um, well done. So, on the train, I want to talk about the uh, everything-flavored beans. <laughs> Birdie Bot's ever-flavored beans. I've had some. They're very good. I And I want to talk about how it was the most ingenious partnership ever when this film came out for Jellybean to partner yes. with them. 
And it's I actually saw a video from the CEO of Jelly Bean. And Jelly Belly? Jelly Belly. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, of Jelly Belly. And Jelly Belly, I love their jelly beans. Mm-hmm. But like in my head, I just never picture them being like a real company for CEO and stuff. It's it's a, it sounds like a made up name. It does. <laughs> I'm the CEO like of Jelly Belly. Real. It sounds like someplace you would work in a Hallmark movie. Yeah, like well, and that's the thing. She, the CEO, she's a great leader mm-hmm. and things like that. But she's talking about like how that partnership happened oh, that's and awesome. how they made the flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's but she was talking about like the scientists that made the like the flavor scientists they have working there. And in my head, I'm like. The Jelly Belly Company has flavor scientists? How do I become a flavor scientist? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Anyways, but they were talking like for a the... A flavor scientist sounds like something Guy Fieri would claim he is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so already, I'm already... It's like the Wizard Reading World. I'm already introduced into this new candy world I didn't know existed. I have toured the Jelly Belly factory out in California. You have? Oh, nice. it's so cool. Is it? Yeah. They have giant pictures made of jelly bellies. Yeah. It, it's the coolest. Like Legos, but jelly yeah. bellies. Nice. They, okay. hi, they hire people to put them together, and then like they do like a wax on it so they're not going to rot or anything. Wow. Yeah. But then That's just cool. touring the factory, is, it's, it's, it is massive. So they, she was she reassured everyone, <clears throat> though, that the flavors in the Bean Boozle uh, that you can get today, so Bean Boozle's the everything yeah, flavor, yeah. Um, she's like, all of our flavors are natural. Except for the bean boozle flavors. <laughs> so you're not actually eating dog food. That's probably good. <laughs> yeah. But she's talking like... One they, of the flavors is uh, rotten milk. Yeah. I really hope that's not natural. So like they had a whole bunch of... Uh, for some of those flavors, she's like, yeah, when we were making them, there was like... Um, the flavor scientist is like, oh, you remember that cheese flavor we tried at one time that was not good? That'd be great for this. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how the oh, that's how Bean Boozled. A little fun fact there. A cheese flavored jelly bean sounds disgusting. And that's why it's in Bean Boozled. <laughs> uh, so Harry gets on the train. He meets Ron and Hermione. Yep. Great scene. Great scene. Uh, young Emma Watson. Young. Ten years old. Yeah. Just barely, too. She was actually She's turned a- down for the role twice because she was only nine. And then when she turned wow. 10, they finally accepted her. Wow. She's determined. Yeah. Lucky they did, because she's amazing. She's she's great. <clears throat> yeah. Um, we get the train scene. We get to Hogwarts. They're on the boats. And just that shot of like the boats, and you see Hogwarts in the distance. It's great. That looks magical, too. Yeah. So the boats that like self-drive, getting mm-hmm. just going there. It's a cool experience to get to Hogwarts. It is. I like that like only the first years go by boat. Everyone else goes by carriage. And I think yeah. it's entirely just like, let's have the first years. Let's have a little fun to get over here. Oh, they totally do. Uh, it's so cool. I also like there's in the fourth book, like some new first year tells Harry that he fell in the lake and uh, the giant squid pushed him back into his boat. <laughs> the giant squid who's not in the movies, by the way. Wish uh, he was. I wish he was too. Would have been the most interesting thing. Probably would be a very expensive bit of CGI. It would have been. And honestly, like it doesn't add a ton. It doesn't. So. It's, it's just one of those weird things that it, you can it, do on book. Yeah, they never. It never happened. Nothing ever happens to the giant squid. It no. never comes back in like, oh, in the battle, the giant squid was like snatching Death Eaters out of the air and yeah. eating them, which would be cool. That would have been great. I think the only thing maybe it would have added though is like because. Admittedly, the dark forest, yeah. especially the scene later in the movie when they find the unicorn and things like that. Admittedly, that is a little more fantasy. It is, and creepy. And creepy. So maybe having the squid in it earlier though would have made that world feel because you kind of like the wizarding world, yeah. you know, spells, potions. You know, it's like, oh, that makes sense. But then we get start getting unicorns, and mm-hmm. that kind of gets a little more. Um, fantasy like even yeah. more extreme fantasy i guess it may have been a good bridge to get from yeah like yeah that maybe it could have connected it better yeah and if you were gonna do it you would have just been like in the background you see tentacles or something weird yeah. and <laughs> which would have been of... very funny to see oh 100 though but it would have painted like this is a mystical world mm-hmm. maybe that's a better word it's like a mystical yeah it would have gone from magical to mystical yeah. and fantastical yeah all sorts of other words all the beasts that ends in all. where to find them um so then we get to hogwarts we we have the little the first conversation with malfoy and right away you just want to punch the kid yeah you know like... he's a slytherin <laughs> Right away. <laughs> Tom Felton does such a great job of being very punchable in these movies. He does. Great job, Tom. It just pays off quite nicely when he gets yeah. punched in the third one. Yeah. You're like, thank <laughs> you. I've been wanting to do that for three movies. Oh, man. Tom Felton is, uh, again, we've been gushing about the casting choices. He's so good in this movie. Well, how did they get such good, like, okay. And they took their time, so how it is. is it's it? like a two-year production cycle. It's great. Yeah. Great casting. 
And you, you had to, because it was already by this point one of the biggest franchises, the most anticipated film franchise. Yeah. You really had to take your time yeah. with it and get the right person. And I don't want to, like, categorize everyone, but I, I generally lean towards English actors being majoritively better than American. Um, I think... I also I think this might just be a selection bias that like as Americans the only English actors we see are the ones who are very good. Like we probably don't get to see the B movies that come out of England. That's a good point. Like or like the B TV series. Exactly. Sort of we only That's see the ones point. that are really good that Americans will pay to have. I wonder if it's here. the same thing over there. Oh, probably. Do they only see the? Huh. That's a that's an interesting question actually. Who is the casting director of the Harry Potter franchise? Wow, there's a lot. There's of them. oh yeah, there was a lot. Well, this is just cast. Casting director for Harry Potter, Jane. Jen Jenkins, Janet Hershon, Susie Figs, and Karen Lindsay Stewart. Thank you for such an amazing cast. They really did great. You ever notice a lot of casting directors are women? I wonder why. Seems like the best ones are. I wonder why. I don't it's know. true, but it is true. I, I think it might be a thing like you really got to be able to learn a lot about a person very sh- quickly, and I think women are better than that. They 100% are. Emotional intelligence? Yeah. Actually. Might be. That's actually. probably yeah, emotional intelligence. Um, so. We're idiots. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Men are dumb. So, you get another great shot that really it, it mirrors the shot of Diagon Alley when they walk into the, the Great Hall. Yep. The same kind of thing where, like, it's a slow pan up and out, and you get to see everything. You get to see the, the, the magical ceiling, the yep. candles, everyone in their robes. That just feels. Which that entire scene looked very real. It did. I don't know how they do the ceiling. It always looks very real. It's like, that is. That's like one of the most surprising scenes to me that looks so real. It's also just such a cool thing that, where like, did they in film the. Where they film that? It's in Scotland. There's, okay. It's an actual school. Well, I want to go there. Let me look it up. The one one benefit of using a computer, we can look this up. Where did they film Hogwarts? Um, it is Alnwick Castle, wow. which is an actual school. Uh, I don't know the name of the school. Probably, I'm not, probably not going to look that up. Yeah, that's okay. That's interesting though. Yeah, but it's in the Highlands in Scotland. Cool. It's pretty cool. I do know there's some things that are like not filmed at that castle that sure. are filmed in a few different locations, but. Some different castles. Yeah. So, anyways, they get in there, um, and now it's time to choose what dorm they're going to be in. Yeah, they get house. sorted into their house. I want to talk about the sorting hat. Yes, let's do it. Um, I want Braden's nerd brain to help me <laughs> yeah. understand the history of the sorting hat. Oh, I can do it, this. It seems like a fascinating character. Yeah. Okay, so when Hogwarts was founded, yep. founded by the four the four main people, Godric Gryffindor, Helena yep. Ravenclaw, uh, Helena Hufflepuff, Ra- Rowena Ravenclaw, I have troubles with R's, okay. Salazar Slytherin. So that's where the house names come from. Yes, they're Got named it. after the four founders, okay. Okay. Uh, which is also in the American Wizarding wizarding School, which we learn about later. Yep. Uh, there, It's also named after the four founders. Okay. Um, of the American one. <clears throat> yes. Okay. So they found this school there. They each want to bring in different kinds of people to teach. They each set up their four houses. Yep. They need a way to be able to bring people into the school, figure out which house they should be in when they're all gone. Godric Gryffindor takes off his hat, does a spell. They all put part of their own like memories, personalities, things into uh... it, and it comes to life. And that's the sorting hat. It is Interesting. a thousand-year-old hat yeah. that used to belong to the most powerful wizard ever. Who has the memories of the four most powerful wizards ever? That now, whenever it gets put on a kid's head, can like actually read their mind and figure out which of the four founders are you most like. Wow. Yeah. Where does the hat hang out when it's Dumbledore's not... office? You see it in okay. Chamber of Secrets. Okay. Mm-hmm. It is if you because uh, I believe Godric Gryffindor was the first headmaster of the school. Okay. Uh, and so it was his old office. But yeah, if you if when you go in there. There's like a shelf with all sorts of magical stuff, and it's just such a fun character. It is the sorting. Who voices the sorting hat? Because he's only really in the first two movies. Yep. Um, then he's just dropped. I'm glad you knew all that. Because I, when I saw that, I was like, Brayden knows more about this. Leslie Phillips. I actually recognize him. What else was he in? Gryffindor. 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 Oh, here's a little discussion with Harry and. This is something I think they did a decent job, but, you know, maybe could have been better. 
of letting you know it's like this is all happening in his head mm-hmm. like this isn't he doesn't really talk out loud mm-hmm. everything he does is in the that he's talking telepathically to everyone yep. that, that his head is on or he that he sits on and i love the conversation he has with harry uh, look, Harry's just kind of whispering, not Slytherin, not not Slytherin, eh? But Slytherin could lead you on the path to greatness. Yep. It is so good. And then even later where he, again, he tells Harry, is like, you could have done well in Slytherin. And that kind of leads into, with Gryffindor, this is one of those things where there's a lot of talks about how you become a Gryffindor. And it's one of those, like, the, the key element for Gryffindor is bravery. Yeah. And bravery isn't just a, a thing you are. It's a choice you make. So a lot of Gryffindors, it's like, you're in Gryffindor by a choice. Mm. Like, Harry chose to be in Gryffindor versus wow. Slytherin. <clears throat> so Harry joins... Interesting. Yep. Harry's in Gryffindor, so is Ron and Hermione. Yep. Draco, that little punchable kid, is in yep. Slytherin. Yep. Understandable. I think this is a good place to stop for now. We're going to do a part two to talk about the rest of the film. Um, thank you very much for listening. You check find us on Twitter. I'm at I'm Braden Green. Are you at Luke J Flowers? I am not actually. I gotta. I changed my. Oh. I, I need to. I don't know what I'm at on Twitter anymore. <laughs> Are you I, on Twitter? I, I very not. rarely go on Twitter anymore. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Instagram there at Luke J Flowers. Nice. I have an Instagram, but I never go on it. Sean yep. runs it for me. It, and then we have a <laughs> your personal Instagram. Yeah. I just never go on it. You have a social media manager for your personal Instagram? No, it's just she takes care of it. I don't go on it. And she got tired of me never going on it. So she got my password and she does it. Uh, <laughs> you can find our our, uh, our show on, on Twitter at yep. uh, PODNXT. Yep. I don't think we have an Instagram. No. I don't remember. No, we talked about it. Yeah, we might have to do that soon. But well, it's good to be back. It is good to be back. I can't believe it's already been an hour. I know. We're going to do... <laughs> we're just going to immediately go into the next one. Yep. So, and we'll try... I'll release both these on the same day. So, just look out for part two of our Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone Halloween Spectacular. Thanks, guys. Bye.